This show is brought to you by the Genesis Communications Network, a world leader in talk radio since 1998. Visit The gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Now, I have to assure you, listeners, that we have nothing to say about the fact that there is a TV show called Once Upon a Time where all the fairy tale characters appear as, what, 21st century human beings and everything. In that show, they have the seven dwarves, of course one of whom is grumpy. And I would not begin to presume to say that Chris O'Brien is meant to play grumpy. But one of our listeners last week (laughs) suggested you, Chris, were a little bit grumpy these days. What's up with that? I'm surprised that uh, he just noticed. (laughs) Of course I'm grumpy. I've been grumpy ever since I got involved in this whole subject. I mean, it, it makes you itch in places you can't find a scratch. And... You know, after 25 years of that, you know, it starts getting old. Well, of course, if you're really flexible, you can scratch anywhere, right? Well, it doesn't work. Um, you know, no Benadryl uh, spray, no calamine lotion seems to uh, be able to help. So I get grumpy. Now, last week, our interview with Kevin Randall was telling in many ways. Because it showed to all of us a growing disenchantment with the evidence in the Roswell UFO crash. Now, he's not ready to say, oh, it's a test aircraft or a balloon or something, but a lot of areas where the evidence was supposedly compelling are no longer so compelling. And I really have to wonder what our guest this week, Stanton Friedman, is going to say about that. Should be interesting. It should be very interesting. One of the criticisms some of us have had about Stan, and we like Stan. He's been a dedicated... UFO guy for so many years, and he's certainly worked hard. One of the criticisms is that he's reluctant to change his viewpoint in the face of contradictory evidence or negative evidence. So I'm going to ask him about Roswell, also about why he continues apparently to support the Aztec case. He wrote the preface for the latest edition of the Aztec book by Scott and Suzanne Ramsey. A lot of other things. So we're definitely going to get into a wide range of subjects. In any case, we'll get into more of those subjects when Stan joins us on the phone. He doesn't use Skype, I don't think. But we'll work on that. In the meantime, Chris, I gather that you're making some huge progress in the San Luis Valley camera project. Can you tell us more? Yeah, I'm uh, happy to say after several years, many months... We finally have the new base station location up and running where the only thing we have to do is uh, get the internet, uh, the port forwarding, get the internet part of the equation uh, dialed in. The camera's up, uh, the heater is operating, the AC unit uh, in the environmental enclosure, both those units are operating properly. And uh, it's now a matter of uh, getting the, the camera online. We have... Uh, 
two two separate teams that have been working on the software problems, uh, tweaking the software so that um, you know we don't have false positives and and we can factor out mundane uh, activity. And uh, it's dialed in for nighttime. It's completed the software, but uh, we're still getting the bugs out of the daytime aspect of the software. So yeah, it's a big step forward. Finally, uh, our base station is uh, camera is up. And within the next week or so, we're looking to uh, get it online and uh, and at least uh, get a, a stock feed up uh, for now so people can take a look. And uh, then it's onwards and upwards. Uh, next camera will be uh, going up in uh, at the Great Sand Dunes Oasis, just, just outside of the Great Sand Dunes National Park. And then the third camera, there's still some question of where that's going to go. I have a location in the Creststone area way up off the... 2,000 feet off the valley floor. So that might end up being our third location. I do have someone that's very, very interested in helping us and has uh, graciously offered uh, their location, you know, as a as a camera spot. So yeah, good, good news. Finally, uh, you know, the weather broke up there and, you know, people's schedules all finally, <laughs> you know, coincided so that we could, uh, uh, you know, at least get that first camera, you know, back up and running. This will be our third location for the initial base station camera. But it's full speed ahead, so uh, good news. How long do you think it'll take before we can actually post a test feed on our well, site? Like I said, within within a week or so, as soon as they get the Ethernet um, hooked up, uh, we're going to be sending uh, a small computer up there with the Real Shot Manager software in there, so that we can uh, go ahead and then get that up on on the server. We look forward to it, and we look forward to the possibility it's going to overtax our server. But I have a backup server. And I think after we do the initial test, we'll stick it on there so we don't run into any particular bandwidth problem. It's also supposedly protected against distributed denial of service attacks. Excellent. And all that other stuff that goes on. So I hope we will be in pretty good shape. It sounds Excellent. sounds promising. Have you heard from Mark Rodiger at all? I have not. Um, I've left a number of messages uh for them and i have not heard a peep out of them we we played email tag there uh, after the show and then uh they just kind of dropped off the map i have not heard any scuttlebutt about what's going on with the ufo data project um you know mark uh d'antonio and and uh you know douglas trumbull of course they have uh ufo talk uh we have been in touch with them uh as i mentioned i think a few shows back uh they're both interested in getting involved with our uh you know, Grand Canyon Confluence trip that we're going to be doing down the river in October. But in the meantime, we'd love to, uh, you know, dovetail our efforts with the surveillance uh, setups with them and, uh, you know, maybe trade uh, suggestions, that sort of thing, sort of help problem solve for each other. Now, as we talk, I was looking up here, the project updates for UFO data at ufodata.net. And there was one for 14 January 2016. Oh. There was another one for March 31st. And I think that was the last one. That was the last one. Yeah. So evidently, they also received a grant of $5,000 from the Lucius Farish Trust which is quite fortuitous. But supposedly, according to this, they haven't really begun their fundraising in earnest. So this is not a project that's going to happen real quickly. I'm suspecting reading this that 
they're in very early stages of planning and you might actually not see much coming from there until next year or so at least that's yeah. assuming everything goes as planned yeah and i still don't know uh if they really have a clue of what they're doing <laughs> uh there is a, a a development curve that um you know we've been having to deal with that's uh that's very very difficult uh in order to get the proper uh tracking software uh you really have to uh, either have a connection with the Department of Defense or uh, like Doug Trumbull does, uh, or you have to have a programmer go in and actually, um, you know, pick apart the code and and tweak it so that, you know, you only need a few pixel size object uh, to show up instead of, you know, the size of a, a, a body or a car in a, a parking lot that, you know, the real shot manager software is set up for security purposes. And of course you're talking 15 pixels or more, and we need to get down there in the, just a, a few pixel range in order for the software to be, to be really useful for our purposes. So that in factoring out uh, false positives is really, um, you know, it's, it's a lot more difficult than, than you would imagine <laughs> as we found out. And I wonder also with UFO data, what they're doing about the software. In any case, we've got a fascinating show here. We bring on someone who joins us every nine months or a year with an update. He's the one, the only Stanton T. Friedman, somebody I've known, I guess, since the 1970s when he first became really prominent. And, of course, in the late 70s, he got involved in the Roswell UFO research, which is going to form the basis of some of our early questions. Going to ask him also the radiation question about whether there should have been tests to see if the alleged spacecraft emitted radiation or harmful bacteria. More to come with Gene and Chris. You're in The Paracast. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-704-6182. A Place for Mom offers free one-on-one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. 
Call A Place for Mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-704-6182. That's 1-800-704-6182. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. Hi, this is Ron Paul. I'm a former 22-year congressman and Republican presidential candidate. I'm here to tell you about something that just might save your lives. You never know when there will be another Katrina, an economic collapse, or a serious drought. We should all have a little food storage that will carry us through tough times. I'm going to tell you about a great way to do that. A U.S. company named Harvest Right has a kitchen appliance that can help you be prepared. It's a home freeze dryer. With the product, you can preserve the foods your family loves. And the best part is the food will last 25 years and still taste great. I've tried it, and it's amazing. With a home freeze dryer from Harvest Right, you can literally freeze dry anything you eat, even things like ice cream. To learn more, call Harvest Right today at 800-594-4635 or go to HarvestRight.com. That's 800-594-4635 or HarvestRight.com. Would you like to receive $250 to $1,000 cash per day? Go to RichMoneyRich.com. No website, no selling, no explaining. Just take these simple two steps and go to RichMoneyRich.com. You can be generating cash in the next 24 hours simply using this system. Good news is, it runs on 100% autopilot, and you don't need any experience to get started. It's easy. Get your share of easy riches and go to richmoneyrich.com. That's richmoneyrich.com. Go now. Brought to you by the Conservative Investor. Current returns not indicative of future results. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Stanton Friedman returns to the Paracast with Gene and Chris. Before we get to Stan, let me tell you about the other radio show we do. It's called After the Paracast, and the way it works is simple. It's only available if you are a subscriber to the Paracast Plus, our special premium package. To learn more, go to plus.theparacast.com, plus.theparacast.com. We're offering show transcripts. We're starting up with videos. We have classic Paracast episodes coming up like any day now. I just need a little extra time to do it, and then we'll get it done. But let's get to our special guests today. Stan, welcome back to the Paracast. First Delighted thing- to be on again from beautiful downtown Fredericton, New Brunswick. Got to put in a plug there. The Chamber of Commerce is sending you a spiff, right? Well, yes. Uh, re- remember, I, they'd even named a day after me here in Fredericton several years ago. So I got to say good things about it. <laughs> now, is Fredericton already ready for the onslaught of American expatriates if Donald Trump's elected president? <laughs> well, you couldn't find a nicer place to settle. That is a bit of a problem. I don't find many people supporting him here. But uh, that's no surprise, I guess. Canadians are known to be sensible. (laughs) 
Okay. There's also another Fredericton, by the way, in New South Wales. So they really well, want to go probably far. named after the same King of England. Uh, there's Fredericksburg down in uh, Virginia, as a matter of fact. Well, this way, if they don't want to go to Canada because it's too close, they can go to the other side of the world. Well, yeah. Yeah. I, I've never seen an I'm an old guy, and I've never seen an election campaign like this one. <laughs> and people say we shouldn't be talking about politics on the Paracast, but you talk about politics whenever you talk about UFOs and disclosure and things like that. So let's get that out of the way. I assume, Stan, you've been monitoring the quotes from Hillary Clinton. Well, I've been paying attention to that. There's nothing really new there except that the press has treated it almost decently. It's hard to believe, but none of the weak wink stuff that you might have expected. What about that first comment she made uh, several months back, right when this this whole thing kind of grew new legs, shall we say, when she mentioned Area 54 in New Mexico? Uh, did you uh, recall that particular? Uh, no, I don't remember. That. Yeah, she, Area she, 54 and a- Area 54 in oh, New Mexico. Boy. She's going to look into it. Yeah, you, you sure somebody wasn't misquoting her? Uh, it's I don't think so. Well, I, I can't tell you one way or another, but you know the, the funny thing is she she's always been pretty darn careful to throw in that if national security doesn't get in the way. Uh, she she hasn't said, we need to release everything and I'm going to do it if I get elected. She's always been cautious about that. And having been Secretary of State and, and obviously had a security clearance for that position, uh, she's got good sense about such things. Well, the issue, of course, being that she's also a lawyer. But I'm just assuming yes. with the thing about Area 54, she misspoke. That's all. Uh, People make mis- I mean, I hate to admit it, but I've made a mistake on occasion or two or three. No, or- not, no. Say it ain't so, Stan. <laughs> not very often. I try. Okay. With regard to Clinton, nothing new in what she said. Obviously, she has the national security dodge, just in case they well, feel in the need to raise that. Remember that there is a national security thing here. Uh Let's face it, if we've learned any technology from recovering the wreckage of crash-flying saucers at Roswell or the Plains of San Augustine or Aztec or any other places we might have picked up one, uh, should we be putting that on the out on the table if the Russians and Chinese aren't putting out what they have learned? If we have obtained many measurements, as I'm sure we have, of the characteristics of saucers as observed from airplanes chasing them. Uh, should we put that out on the table? If we have figured, I don't think so. Uh, so I think there is a legitimate national security interest here. Let's face it, all the fancy systems that I would like to use to obtain data are owned by the government. I don't have my own radar installations or my own airplanes with fancy cameras and electromagnetic detectors, etc. Uh, able to put them wherever I please to chase UFOs. I don't have any of those. Uh, So it's up to the government. That's national security. What do you think, by the way, Stan, to just move past this, what do you think, by the way, Stan, of some of these efforts 
to set up private networks of UFO detectors. And we know our own Chris O'Brien is setting up cameras in the San Luis Valley with the San Luis Valley Camera Project, but also Mark Rodiger and Leslie Kane with UFO Data. We interviewed somebody just a few weeks ago. They're launching a satellite into low Earth orbit to check on UFOs. Do you think the technology is advanced enough for private people to do this? Well, if you can afford it. I mean, the thing is, you know, what are you going to do? Wait until one flies over your head or you're going to have them in orbit all the time, just ready to pull the trigger, so to speak, on the cameras and the radar and all the rest of that. Uh, it's expensive to maintain surveillance uh, over a period of time. You know, once a week it isn't going to do it kind of thing. You also need a communication network. Uh, and, you know, if they can do that, that's fine. I, I don't object to that. I think it's nice to get data. Look, uh, in the course of my lecturing all over the place, I have on seven different occasions heard about pilots that were sent up after UFOs from military bases and never returned. So, you know, and remember what uh, General Bolander said. Reports of UFOs which could affect national security are made in accordance with Jane Eplin 46 or Air Force uh, Manual 55-11 and are not part of the Blue Book system. So when I talked to him, and I don't know anybody else who has, I wish I did know of somebody else who has talked to Bollinger. He's dead now, and you can't have him on your program. Sorry. Well, we can get uh, a Ouija board or maybe do some channeling, but I'm not serious. Well, that would be neat, wouldn't it? He was a nice guy. I called, I located him without too much trouble. It's a lot easier to find an Air Force general named Carol Bolander than somebody named uh, Tom Smith or John Jones or something like that, you know. And uh, remember, he said that uh, even if we close Project Blue Book, the public won't have a place to report UFO sightings. However, as previously noted, reports which could affect national security which to my mind are the most important ones because that means they're doing something significant in the larger scheme of things. Reports which could affect national security will continue to be investigated using the procedures designed for that purpose. In our next segment, Stan, I want to ask you more about Aztec and why you favor it. And the reason I'll do that is because we've had a number of discussions in the Paracast. We've had Scott Ramsey and Suzanne Ramsey in fact, I had lunch with Scott Ramsey, I think, a year or two back. There's now a second edition of his book out for yep. a major publisher. But we also know that our good friend Kevin Randall has never, ever been in favor of the possibility of Aztecs. So I'm going to ask you about that. But first, we do okay. a break. With Gene and Chris and Stanton Friedman, you're in The Paracast. <laughs> listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. This is Rick Osick, president of Famous Footwear. Our company is working together with the March of Dimes through March for Babies to raise money and awareness about the serious problem of premature birth in the U.S. As a business leader, I know that babies born very sick or too soon cost businesses billions of dollars each year, in addition to the emotional stress on employees and their families. That's why Famous Footwear is committed to raising funds to improve the health of moms and babies everywhere. Won't you please join us in the March for Babies? Start a team today at marchforbabies.org. 
Vaping enthusiasts, head to VaporPalace.com. Choose from over 150 flavors and a selection of exclusive private stock vapor liquid you won't find anywhere else. New flavors are added every month, and our customer service is unbeatable. VaporPalace.com offers 15% off all vapor liquid on Fridays and get 10% off every order with coupon code VAPOR10 at checkout. Combine the codes on Fridays for 25% off. The ultimate destination for the vaping enthusiast. VaporPalace.com. Dangerous blood clot device alert. If you or a loved one had an IVC filter placed to prevent blood clots from traveling to your heart or lungs and suffered an injury, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. The FDA warns that IVC filters may cause serious complications, such as heart or lung damage, internal bleeding, and even death. These dangerous blood clot devices can break and the metal fragments can travel to your heart or lungs causing serious injuries. If you or a loved one suffered organ damage or other injuries from an IVC filter, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. Act now. Time is limited to file a claim. For a free consultation and free information, call Injury Help Desk at 800-478-1507. 800-478-1507. 800-478-1507. This is an advertisement. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. InjuryHelpDesk.com is responsible for this advertisement. Principal Office, Las Vegas, Nevada. All right, listen up, because this is the most important thing you're going to hear all day. What if I said you could make money flipping houses without any cash, credit, or manual labor? And what if I said you could do it part-time from the comfort of your home? Sound unflippin' believable? Hi, I'm Preston Ely, and I'm going to prove it by sending you a free copy of my smash hit selling book, How to Get Rich in Real Estate. It sells online for $19.95, but I'm giving away free copies this week. To get one before they're gone, call 1-800-959-9582. I used to be so broke. I had my electricity shut off nine times, but I figured out a simple way to make money flipping houses without even breaking a sweat. Now I'm living the good life, and so should you. Listen, if you're sick and tired of stressing about money, this book could change your life. Hands down, it's the fastest, easiest way to get started in real estate. Let me prove it. Call right now to find out how to get your free book. When they're gone, they're gone. Call 1-800-959-9582. 1-800-959-9582. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com, and use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. This is Jerome Clark, author of UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. We return with Stanton Friedman. 
on the Paracast with Gene and Chris. So I want to bring up Aztec. You wrote the preface for Scott's book. So you accept there's something to it, but... Very much so. Okay, now I read the first book. I read some of the second book. I don't really see where the differences are yet. I don't know, because a lot of the sources he's talking to are really second, third hand, and Kevin Randall doesn't believe a word of it. I know Kevin doesn't. There are a lot of things. He he doesn't believe that Plains of St. Augustine had a crash either. That's his problem. It's not mine. Remember, Kevin is primarily a writer of fiction, more than 80 books to his credit, and I I respect that because I haven't written any fiction, so (laughs) way ahead of me. But... uh, and I don't expect I'm going to catch up because I'm, I have no intention of trying to write fiction. I believe I have facts in hand before putting the computer in gear. Uh, and I don't think Kevin has done his homework about uh, Aztec. And I, I, you know, I, I must admit that uh, Scott and Suzanne had a big advantage in the sense that Suzanne's family was living in that part of New Mexico. So it was a lot easier for them to travel and stay someplace, you know, and get people to contact them and all that sort of thing. Uh, that That's a big help because it's it's a big effort. Remember, they also found a whole host of papers that nobody else had ever found at an archive. Uh, and so I admit there's a lot of obscurity connected with Aztec because uh, that reporter was... Uh, how shall we put it, evilly motivated when he didn't get a shot at the story from uh, the guys who were doing the original research. That's Khan who wrote the rebuttal to Aztec. I was about to have a further discussion with Stan, and then he disappeared because you, what, heard a busy signal on the line? Uh, Suddenly you're not there, and there's a busy signal uh, on the line. What can I say? They don't like us talking about Aztec. They don't like Wait, us what? talking about Aztec. Okay, oh, so the guy okay. was what J.P. Kahn, who wrote an article, I guess for True Magazine or somewhere, True Magazine, yeah, right, where he disputed all the facts about Aztec. Now, the contention made by the Ramses is that he was what deprived of access to the original story, so he was jealous. Yeah, he wanted to. He wanted the right to, to tell them a story, and they weren't. Not not the Ramses, but the original uh, people weren't weren't giving him what he wanted. So he turned around and attacked. Mad dog sort of situation. Uh, it, it you know you can't take the human element out of ufology. All too often, it's the major element. Uh, and. You can get by with all kinds of sleazy things in ufology because, you know, there aren't any watchdogs, if you will. Uh, I can't help that, and it's a little late, and I think Scott and Suzanne's work stands on its own. And I think they have done one heck of a job, and I don't think Kevin has really read the book to be careful about it. And, uh, there's there's one major problem, though, at least uh, for me, and that is we can find no reference to the case prior to Frank Scully's book. So what does that mean? Well, I mean, you would think something occurring like that in a small town, you would have some sort of sources uh, that you could uh, produce that um, predate the first, uh, you know, public knowledge or public 
you know, portrayal of the case is being real. Absence of evidence is not evidence for absence, you know? One of my favorite sayings. Yeah. Well, with Roswell, of course, we've got tons of uh, tons of evidence that something actually did occur. With Aztec, it, it appears out of nowhere. I can't help it. It was ignored for a long time. There was a lot of, how shall I put this, disinformation put out. Uh, you know, people were claimed to have been shown to be fraudsters, and you know, there was all that stuff in Colorado and all that stuff. Uh, I'm saying let's look at the data that's been turned up by the Ramses. And I have yet to find any reason to discount anything that Scott and Suzanne have written. Okay, if we're looking at Aztec just very briefly, and I want to get to Roswell and other things, looking at Aztec very briefly, what do you think are the cornerstones of this case? The thing that make it apparent to you that something strange happened there? Well, eyewitness testimony, of course, but uh, from a lot of different people, and and the Ramses dug out a lot of people. Uh, You know, small towns don't take too kindly to strangers coming in from outside, and that's why I mentioned the fact that Suzanne's family is from up that way, and so they had people who knew people and could get them to talk. Uh, which is often a real problem. Uh, and I think they've done a bang-up job. I recommend anybody read the book. And that they dug out all these papers that were found in an archive. Uh, that came as quite a shock when I heard about that. Uh, you know, there's new information that wasn't in any of the previous books. Uh and the thing is, what's the big deal? So another saucer crashed. Uh, they were coming down in a lot of places. We we know, well, look at Kecksburg and all that stuff. Uh, and when I was down in Brazil on a, to attend a conference, I heard about a crash down there. Just happened to be in the area. Uh, Roger Lear did some follow-up on that, talking to people, doctors, bodies, all that sort of stuff. Uh, you know, it's not as if I, I get people who are so surprised about, uh, I just got a note today from somebody. Well, there haven't been any sightings around here. Everywhere I've gone lecturing media stuff, but mostly lecturing, and that's uh, 18 countries and 50 states and 10 provinces. When I ask for people to raise their hand, if they've had a sighting, I get plenty of sightings, perhaps 10% of the audience. The problem comes when I ask how many of you reported it, 90% of the hands go down. Fear of ridicule is a major determining factor here. And so it's no surprise that people aren't aware of all that's been going on. Why would it be? How many people uh, like to call themselves ufologists besides me? Let's move into Roswell briefly, and I want to spend a lot of time on it because it's something we've covered so often, but I'm bringing it up because of our friend Kevin Randall again. And I saw very much in our discussions with him last week, and he has a new book coming out called Roswell in the 21st Century, that he's come to... Oh, I haven't seen that. It's coming out in a few months, I gather. I haven't seen it listed online yet. But... 
He said he tried to look at the case as a cold case, which originally they were going to do with that Roswell Dream Team that fell apart. Yeah. And he is really sounding to me as if he's come to disbelieve a lot of what we've heard about Roswell. Not that he totally dismisses the possibility that an alien craft may have crashed there, but that a lot of the linchpins of evidence, he doesn't accept quite as much as he used to. Now, obviously, that's his impression. Have you followed what he's written online about this? Not recently. No, I have not. Tell me something. Well, You've he got mentioned me curious now. <laughs> well, he mentioned Jesse Marcel Sr., who he said was prone to exaggerate. I think that was a huge complaint of his. So we can start with that. Also, when it comes to stories about alleged crash victims, aliens, whatever, he says he was able to poke a hole through all or most of those claims. I'm just phrasing the beginning of it. And I'd like you to listen to the episode when you get a chance, Stan, but maybe you can tell us more. We have Stanton Friedman with Gene and Chris. You're in The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Conspiracy Journal is your number one source for the hidden world of the weird and strange. We bring you thought-provoking and controversial material for free-thinking individuals who are seeking what is really going on in our world today. Some of this material may adversely affect you. Other pieces are meant to enlighten. Either way, be prepared to be intrigued by such things as the reality of UFOs, ghosts, strange creatures from time and space, hidden conspiracies, time travel, Nikola Tesla, suppressed technology, and a whole lot more. You can find out more by visiting our website at conspiracyjournal.com. There you can sign up for our free weekly newsletter sent directly to your email address. Find out what they don't want you to know. Are your Google search results killing you? Unflattering content in blogs, news articles, online reviews, social media, or other sources can jeopardize your reputation, your business, and your livelihood. Let Reputation.com help. Our patented technology will make the truth about you more visible while pushing down unwanted negative content. Improve your Google search results. Call Reputation.com at 1-800-831-0771 for a free consultation. That's 800-831-0771. There's nothing more enticing and intoxicating than the finest meat cooking on an open flame. Freeze-dried meat from NewHarvest.com is U.S. grown, 100% all-natural with no extra fillers. Just grass-fed beef and free-range chicken guaranteed to stay fresh and delicious. Add New Harvest freeze-dried meats to your current food storage. You'll buy direct from the factory, not a third party, ensuring the best price and the highest quality. See all our products at NewHarvestFoods.com. That's NewHarvestFoods.com. This is Dan Pillard. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. 
Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. This is a healthcare alert from the Pain Relief Hotline. If you, a family member, or a loved one suffers from knee, back, shoulder, or ankle pain and have Medicare as your primary insurance, we've got great news. You don't have to suffer any longer. You can immediately qualify for a pain relieving brace at little or no cost to you by calling our 24 7 pain relief hotline at 866 389 0620. Delivery is free and all paperwork is handled for you. If you are on Medicare and have knee, back, shoulder, or ankle pain, don't wait. You can qualify to immediately receive a pain relieving brace at little or no cost by calling our 24 7 pain hotline now at 866 389 0620. Our representatives are standing by 24 7 to take your call and rush you your pain relieving brace at little or no cost to you. Shipping is free and all paperwork is handled for you. Just call 866 389 0620. That's 866 389 0620. Again, 866 389 0620. We all have heard about the benefits of fish oils, but what about the presence of heavy metals, PCBs, dioxins, furans, and other contaminants found in fatty tissues of fish? GCNteam.com recognizes this risk and offers IFOS certified tested omega-3 fatty acids. EPA, DHA, insist on IFOS omega-3 fatty acid certification. Get the best at GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. This is Jacques Vallée, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So are there new questions about Roswell or what? Stan, are there elements about Roswell that you over the years have come to find less credible? Oh, that's a, a difficult question there are some there's so much stuff that's been published out there i mean i just somebody asked me so i had to look up what i'd written about annie jacobson's book about area 51 which explains roswell uh, in one of the craziest explanations i've ever heard with nothing to support it (laughs) now i haven't read the book i have been meaning to because we'd like to get her on the show what does she conclude about the case well, that basically, uh, Joe Stalin, you remember Uncle Joe, convinced Dr. Mengele, Dr. Death, to uh, prepare a bunch of 13-year-old boys, disfigured and alien-looking, and somehow managed to get them into a craft which was flown and crashed in order to produce War of the Worlds-type panic. <laughs> now, when you think about that, you realize that You know, War of the Worlds, there was a certain amount of panic because the report was this was in New Jersey, the most densely populated of all the states, mind you. So you put out a report, 1938, no television. You put out like a radio news report, and aliens have attacked, and uh, they're destroying things. It wouldn't be surprising if some people got scared, and there are a lot of people in that part of the world. Now, he's talking about the Orson Welles, H.G. Wells broadcast yeah. on radio. It was presented as a docudrama, so yeah. it, like it was something real. Now, I had heard, and obviously I wasn't around, 
when that happened, and I guess you I were... was in New Jersey. I didn't know a damn thing about it. <laughs> okay. The thing is here is that the amount of panic, they say, is exaggerated. It wasn't yes. as bad, near as bad as it was supposed to be. I agree. All, all I'm saying is any suggestion that the Russians were trying to emulate that and cause panic out in the middle of nowhere. It, New Mexico is one of the least densely populated of all the states. There, there's nobody to see anything, you know? And there are a few installations, there are a few towns, but very few people and certainly no panic. And is it just a coincidence that it's near the only atomic bombing group in the entire world? I don't think so. Uh, you know, where, if, where would aliens be looking around the planet? But once they discovered large quantities of radioactivity, you can pick it up in the atmosphere, you can fly over and whoops, there's a bunch. And when you think in retrospect, incidentally, we've exploded 2,000 nuclear warheads on this planet. <laughs> uh, wouldn't you expect uh, not only the Russians would be interested in Roswell and uh, Korolev, they're the uh, big Russian space scientist, uh, I'll call him the Werner von Braun of Russia, said that uh, they had spies in, in Albuquerque there. And the two of the three nuclear weapons labs in the United States are in New Mexico, after all. But I couldn't find anything to support uh, any Jacobson's concern. Uh, and uh, other people have suggested they were measuring... Uh, radiation levels to check. The, they, they put people in a craft. Uh, Nick Redfern suggested this, as a matter of fact. Uh, and they were checking on radi the effects of radiation on people. Well, I worked in radiation shielding, very much concerned with the effects of radiation on people. And you would never do an experiment like that. You measure radiation levels around a known source. You don't stick people out there. People vary all over the place in how they react to radiation. The same dose can give you a huge difference in the effect. I want to ask you about the radiation in a moment. But first, go back to Jesse Marcel Sr., certainly one of the key witnesses here. Yes, Did he... I was the first to talk to him, yes. Right. You talked to him in the late 70s this spearheaded yes. the investigation. Yeah. What do you think about Kevin's contention that he was prone to exaggerate a lot? Well, I think that's overdone. I think, you know, it's like uh, I can say, uh, this happened the other day, uh, talking about frequent flyer miles, and I can say I flew a million miles on Delta. Was I flying an airplane? Heck no. I was flown on the airplane. And so some of uh, the supposed exaggeration has to do with flying as being in the plane as opposed to being the pilot of the plane. And there's no question Kevin's a pilot. I'm not questioning that. But I think Jesse did fly a lot of miles in airplanes in the war preceding Roswell. I don't mean after the subject crashed. Yeah, one of his contentions, Kevin, is the amount of hours that he claims to have spent flying. He thought yeah, that was a lot higher than seems that. credible. And, uh, look, uh, I, I accept his son's account. Jesse Marcel Jr. was a pilot. We know that. We know that he served in 
uh, Afghanistan and so forth. The helicopter pilot, 225 combat hours and all that sort of stuff. Uh, but I think it's true that Jesse Marcel Sr. flew in combat planes in the war. There were a lot of guys who flew in combat planes who weren't pilots. You know, crew members, the gunners, the navigators, all these kind of the bombardiers. They're not flying the plane, although some of the bombardiers sometimes control the course of the plane. Uh, so uh, the question of exaggeration, uh, the, the big question is, was there a crash? Was Jesse involved? Did he get approached by the sheriff, uh, et cetera? And the answer is yes. And did Colonel Blanchard say good things about Jesse? The answer is yes. He was the commander of the 509th. And, you know, who was it? I'm trying to remember who it was. Some, well, uh, Joe Nickel. When he talks about Roswell, and I've been on the other end of a conversation where somebody was interviewing us both at the same time in different places, where he neglects to mention that uh, the 509th was the most elite military group in the world. That's a very important consideration here. He's wearing a bunch of GIs with sitting around with nothing better to do than make up crazy stories. Uh, and Jesse was, there's no question that he was the intelligence officer. The yearbook says that. Uh, not just Jesse. And he never bragged about being a pilot to me, frankly, uh, when we talked about this. Uh, I was in his home. He's in my movie, UFOs Are Real. You know, I first heard about him because the station manager at a television station in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, told me about him. Out of the blue, because a reporter was supposed to interview me, the third one, I'd done two interviews. The third one was nowhere to be found. And this is before everybody had a cell phone. I still don't have one. And so the, the station manager's giving me coffee, and out of the blue mentions the guy you ought to talk to is Jesse Marcel. Who's he? He handled wreckage of one of those saucers you're interested in when he was in the military. What? What do you know about him? Well, he lives over in Homa. The trouble is I didn't know where Homa was. I mean, it was in Louisiana. but uh, And he's a real good guy. We're ham radio buddies. Now, I found out later by checking that uh, Jesse hadn't told uh, the guy anything. He had seen the article in the... Oh, it's a fancy name for a newspaper in New Orleans. Uh, and at back at that time, some people may be old enough to remember this. If you talked about GIs, you gave their hometowns. And so that's how he found out about it. And, and this is a couple of years later when I talked to this guy again, Bill Allen. I said, what did he tell you? He didn't tell me anything. He said, I can't talk about that. Uh, now, when I talked to Jesse in 1978, first time, uh, you know, things were a bit different in terms of, you know, most many of the key people were dead. Blanchard was dead, certainly. General Ramey was dead. But remember, I was the one who dug out uh, then-Colonel, later General, Thomas Jefferson DuBose. He was the one with Ramey in the famous picture of them in the office with the supposed wreckage. Uh, I figured maybe the guy's alive. I knew a bunch of other guys weren't. So let's go look for him. And I found him. Talked to him in person. Filmed him. He's in my movie, uh, Recollections of Roswell. 
of the fun uh, UFO research put together. We have a bunch more questions to ask Stan about this. And then we'll move on to other subjects, more recent stuff about disclosure and a lot more. We have Stanton T. Friedman joining us on the show this week. You're on with Gene and with Chris. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. So I just finished my AR-15 pistol kit that I got at GunsAdy.com, and my wife says, no more guns, and then I call, and they tell me they have a Trump commemorative special, their new improved lower, and it's a beauty. Now, professionally engraved on the side of every one of the new improved lowers is Trump, make America great again. That's right, Trump, make America great again, right on the side of your brand new improved lower. Sorry, honey, I gotta have one. GunsAdy.com, the Trump special, ask for it. GunsAdy.com. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Okay, with Gene and Chris in the Paracast, as you know, we have a place in our forums at forum.theparacast.com called The Question Bank, where when we have time, we don't always have time, you can ask questions of our guests. Chris? Well, we have a, a question for you. We were talking about, you know, just the concept of these uh, mysterious craft crashing. And this question, uh, Stan, comes from Greer's Meeting Planner. <laughs> That's what he calls himself from Sydney, Australia. He's been a member oh. of the forum for uh, almost a year. And um, he's wondering, uh, given the advanced nature of a technology that could achieve interstellar travel, how likely do you think that it would fail? upon arrival at Earth. Even our primitive flying Earth technology has redundant systems and crashes are one in a million events. Surely the prospect of advanced systems failing so completely is preposterous. 
Uh, and then he wondering about the, you, you were mentioning the radar explanation uh, being used to describe the reason for the crash. On well, a- uh, let me c- correct the first impression here. I have not the slightest reason at all to think that what crashed came here directly flying, being flown, if you will, uh, from another solar system. I think we got motherships here. Remember that case out west? Triangulation by a civil engineer showed the thing was between 0.6 and 1.2 miles long. Loads of little Earth excursion modules on board. And we have in our own Navy, we have a direct analogy of that. The Navy has nuclear-powered aircraft carriers, big old monsters over 1,000 feet long, that carry about, oh, 75 little airplanes. The carrier can operate for 18 years without refueling. And as far as I know, has never been observed to fly. Little airplanes can operate for, what, an hour, two hours? And they never operate on the water. They fly. Just the carrier never operates in the air. So we have a separate question, in other words. We cannot presume by, well, uh, to give you a database, look at Ted Phillips' data on physical trace cases. He's collected like 5,000 of them from 80 countries. And all of these things are under 100 feet in diameter. Not 600, they're under 100 feet in diameter. And people have observed several objects coming out of a a huge mothership, if you'll pardon the expression. Uh, So it is incorrect to assume that what crashed at Roswell or Kecksburg or anyplace else was an interstellar propulsion, had an interstellar propulsion system, just as the airplanes on board the aircraft carrier don't have the capability of carrying a bunch of little airplanes and of steaming full tilt for 18 years, which is quite remarkable, frankly, if you're a ship captain. So that objection does not hold water. It's based on a false assumption. Let me ask you here. When this thing crashed, did they have people coming over and taking radiation readings to make sure there were no harmful amounts of radiation? What about checking for alien microbes and possible We have no like idea. Nobody has ever published the results of the analysis of the wreckage, and I doubt if they were looking for microbes. You know, that, that makes no sense to me that that would be your first concern. I think, look, Colonel Blanchard told Jesse to take with him the counterintelligence corps guy, Sheridan Cabot. Why? Because he was worried that these were spies from some other country. And it turns out, incidentally, the Russians did have spies at Los Alamos and a few other places. But because the Roswell, the 509th, was unique in the world, and I don't say that lightly, but remember, the Russians didn't test an atomic bomb until 1949. Our first ones were in 45, and it was the 509th that carried them, that set them off. In Operation Crossroads in 46, the 509th was in charge. The only group that had access to nuclear weapons in the world at the time of the crash. So, a very special group. And I can understand Blanchard's concern. I mean, New Mexico is so empty of people that you figure spies would camp out someplace and keep their eyes on it. You know, the guys with the, I won't say night vision goggles, but... 
good binoculars, checking on what's happening at Roswell. So, you know, let, let's get the concept square. This was a unique location on the entire planet Earth. What they did about it, we haven't seen any reports. I'm sure that ones were written. Can you believe that there weren't ones written? Come on, you know. And whether you agree with Kevin or myself it isn't the point. Any information about what was going on there would have been classified for good but, reason. But we have no indication that anybody in the recovery crews uh, were equipped with uh, with uh, equipment to um, protect themselves from any possible radiation, or there's no mention of radiation. Where would there be such a mention? I don't have any classified reports made by the guys who were involved in the recovery. Do you? No, but there were witnesses uh, that described the operation. Where were these witnesses? The thing crashed out in the middle of nowhere. There, there was nobody living down the street. There wasn't a scout troop camped out there. Or maybe because Mac Browser wasn't suffering from uh, radiation sickness, they assumed there was none. Look, they had means for measuring. There's no question that their 509 could measure radiation. Could use radiation detectors because they were worried about their own systems. They they had nuclear weapons on base. Uh, wow. It was unique. Well, there's so, uh, meeting plan. Now, when you mentioned biological stuff, that's probably another matter entirely. And remember, we don't have reports from the medical personnel, a biological team that examined the bodies. We don't know what measurements they made, what tests they ran on the flesh. Yeah. Is flesh a bad word to use? I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, you know, is, is, is the biological matter of aliens, should it be called flesh or not? I, I don't know. Uh, but what I'm saying is there, there's a big hole here. We don't have any of the reports and there had to be plenty of them that described the examination of the bodies, the examination of the pieces of metal. Uh, and, you know, my, people have asked me, what would you do if you knew about the crash? Well, I'd send a bunch of pieces to classified laboratories. My first question would be, what's this stuff made out of? And you don't tell the guy who gets it where it comes from. Let him think it's from a spy. Who knows? The second question, when the guy comes back and says, uh, let me give you a specific example here, uh, which I think is a valid one as it happens. Uh, it's a combination of samarium and cobalt. Now, why the hell would anybody put those two things together? That's not your problem. You take it to other people, measure the electrical, magnetic, nuclear, thermal properties of this stuff. And the guy comes back and says, I don't know where you got this. This is a guy who's got a high-level security clearance working at a classified installation. I don't know where you got this stuff, but I measured the highest magnetic moment of any material I've ever measured, make a great permanent magnet. Well, umpteen years later, I'm doing a story. I did a weekly science commentary for CBC Radio here in Fredericton. On new and better permanent magnet materials a neodymium boron iron, and I'm not making it up. And at the end of the article, it says the original work on samarium cobalt was done at Wright Air Development Center. And I'll bet I know what was responsible for that. 
they didn't say that. Hey, this came from a flying saucer. Not at all. But when I found out that the original work was done at Wright Air Development Center, then I'd say, oh, it makes sense. That's where the wreckage went. Somebody did some... Uh, I visited there many times, incidentally. I had a, a contract with the Air Force to uh, analysis and evaluation of fast and intermediate reactors for space vehicle applications. One word left out, Soviet. Let's not leave out any more words, but let's do our break. With Stanton T. Friedman, with Gene Steinberg, and with Chris O'Brien, who is not right now the grumpy one, you're in (laughs) the Paracast. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-704-6182. A Place for Mom offers free one-on-one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. Call A Place for Mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-704-6182. That's 1-800-704-6182. Are your Google search results killing you? Unflattering content in blogs, news articles, online reviews, social media, or other sources can jeopardize your reputation, your business, and your livelihood. Let Reputation.com help. Our patented technology will make the truth about you more visible while pushing down unwanted negative content. Improve your Google search results. Call Reputation.com at 1-800-831-0771 for a free consultation. That's 800-831-0771. My computer is so slow, it's making me crazy. I used to have that problem. Did you quit using a computer or did you buy a new one? No, I called Geeks on Site. They made an appointment to visit my home and showed up the same day. You mean they didn't ask you to bring your computer to a shop? That's what happened when I called a support company. Geeks on Site can go to your home or business or even repair your computer online. They have 24-7 emergency service. If you're having problems with your PC or Mac, call Geeks on Site. 1-800-591-1682. Our friendly certified computer 
repair experts are available 24-7. Call now for a free diagnosis. 1-800-591-1682. Data recovery, virus removal, and maintenance for all laptops, desktops, printers, and networks. That's Geeks on Site for friendly, certified computer repair experts available 24-7 over the phone or in your home or business. Just call 1-800-591-1682. That's 1-800-591-1682. 1-800-591-1682. Cancer categorizes over 100 diseases. Though we do not diagnose, treat, or cure cancer, GCN team is offering the Clemson University study where there was up to a 95% reduction in cancerous cells when exposed to a plant-derived mineral supplement. If you or a loved one are searching for answers to this horrifying disease, come to GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. We'll email you a copy for free. That's 877-878-4203. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. You see, Chris is going to get more and more grumpy if I call him grumpy. <laughs> uh, well, here's here's a follow-up question from, and I love this name, Greer's Meeting Planner. Okay. I, I, we have some creative uh, listeners. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and... He's wondering about the explanation of radar bringing the craft down, and he's wondering what the source of this explanation is and how on oh, earth okay. could we determine this as, as reason after the fact. I, I know the answer to this, but uh, why don't you uh, tell us about the, uh, the radar units that were just going operational in uh, New Mexico at the time? Well, they were there to track rockets because White Sands Missile Range is where we were firing all kinds of captured German V-1s and V-2s and so forth. And what I have suggested is that there are very few places in the world that a, a piloted vehicle would encounter a powerful radar beam. Remember, this is 1947. And what I've suggested is, uh, I wish to point out, that all the radars at that time, tracking radars uh, and so forth, used vacuum tube equipment. And you don't turn it on at the last minute. You keep it warmed up. That's the way you did things. There's no solid-state stuff at that time, equipment to do any of that with. So if you suddenly pilot a wingman, they encounter one of these radar beams. It's just sitting there aiming. It's not circling around. It's not like an airport radar going round and round. Your craft goes through the beam. What in the heck was that? And it discombobulates either the guidance or the propulsion system. Just a momentary glitch, if you will. And I would suggest that it could have resulted in a mid-air collision with one going one way, and I talked to an Air Force general, if you have a mid-air collision, are the results the same for both vehicles usually? No, he told me. He was a pilot during World War II, flew a lot of hours, went on to command General Exxon, went on to command Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, as a matter of fact. And uh, usually one makes it and one doesn't. And so one of the interesting things in my first conversation with Jesse Marcel was that he felt there had to have been a mid-air explosion. And why was that? He said because of the huge amount of land covered by the wreckage. I mean, it was spread out all over the place. 
and because there was no crater. He'd seen planes go down in World War II in the Pacific. I said, so I didn't talk about him following in with a machine gun or anything like that. And if a plane goes in and it's got fuel on board, it can make a big hole in the ground. And there weren't, and it wasn't any crater at Roswell. And so it makes sense to me that the stuff was spread out over, you know, a quarter mile this way, two thirds of a mile that way, because there was a midair explosion. That makes sense. Now, what could cause it? Well, you had a collision. You try to keep it aloft, and the pilot finally, you know, can't manage it. And so one comes down, that's the Plains of St. Augustine. One explodes in midair and spews the pieces, and probably a crew compartment that's over there, separated from the stuff that exploded. I mention that only because we know that there was a launch of a rocket scheduled and that the radar would have been on. Uh, you know, not an unreasonable explanation. So can I prove it happened? No, of course not. I want to go back to what I asked you earlier, and we kind of got carried away with a lot of the intimate details of Roswell. Are there things about the case at all that you've come to disbelieve over the years? I certainly don't believe everything everybody has said about Roswell. Uh, there's a lot of baloney put out uh, all over the place. Or, you know, people who uh, claim to have... I have trouble with... Um, oh, what the heck was her name? The woman uh, who was playing with pieces in the military uh, of wreckage. She was given it to play with, which I find... You know, her father was a fireman. Uh, I have trouble with her story. Uh, I can't imagine a state highway patrolman... I mean, the highway patrolmen in New Mexico were well aware there was a lot of government-sponsored classified activity around there. You know, that's not an unreasonable uh, comment. When you've got two nuclear weapons labs, you've got all kinds of rockets being fired and all the rest of it. And when you have the group, the 509, sitting there in Roswell. So I have trouble with uh, her story about giving stuff to play with, and a guy comes out and threatens everybody, they'll be picking you out of the desert and all this kind of stuff. I had a real problem with that story and still do. How about Glenn Dennis and the uh, the mystery nurse? Well, uh, I tried to find the mystery nurse, and I didn't have much luck with it. Uh, and I don't know what to say about that. Uh, again, absence of evidence. I tried a lot of uh, Catholic schools in the Midwest where she was supposedly from. Uh, I was one of the first people that Glenn told this story, too. Uh and so I'll put a, a question mark on some of that testimony, okay? Well, that's, that's pretty important information in terms of uh, determining that there were occupants because, of course, uh, for some of the new listeners to the show, Glenn Dennis was the uh, mortician, I think, uh, in the yeah. area and was asked to supply uh, small uh, child-sized coffins. Uh, well, he was asked about the availability of them. And uh, he told them he knew where he could get it and could get some. There was a company, I think it was in Amarillo, where they got their child-sized uh, coffins from. But uh, I was the first to hear his story. And 
I, I was favorably impressed because I talked to other people in town what they thought about Glenn. I talked to Walter Hout, uh, with whom I had a great deal of faith. Uh, and so, uh, you know, there, there's a good example. Uh, Walter Hout. Uh, he was the public information officer. And when Joe Nickel, uh, Dr. Joe Nickel, three degrees in English, but the scientific consultant to the Committee for the Scientific Investigation of Claims of the Paranormal, uh, he tried to say that uh, an unknown PR guy put out an unauthorized press release. And I said, you don't even know his name? Well, no. Of course, it was in all of the books that had been written prior to that. Ouch. And, you know, uh, but also uh, that that underplays Walter's role in the sense that he was a World War II bombardier, flew more than 20 missions over Tokyo, or Japan, I shouldn't say over Tokyo, over Japan. Furthermore, uh, Walter was such a good bombardier that he was selected to drop the instrument package over one of the two bombs tested at Operation Crossroads in the Pacific in 1946. You pick your best guy because if you don't get any data, the instrument package, what's the point in doing the test? There is a point in having these announcements, and then we'll be back with Stanton Friedman, who will continue his response. With Gene and Chris, you're in The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blockit Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. Would you like to receive 250 to $1,000 cash per day? Go to richmoneyrich.com. No website, no selling, no explaining. Just take these simple two steps and go to richmoneyrich.com. You can be generating cash in the next 24 hours simply using this system. Good news is it runs on 100% autopilot, and you don't need any experience to get started. It's easy. Get your share of easy riches and go to richmoneyrich.com. That's richmoneyrich.com. Go now. Brought to you by the conservative investor. Current returns not indicative of future results. Dangerous blood clot device alert. If you or a loved one had an IVC filter placed to prevent blood clots from traveling to your heart or lungs and suffered an injury, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. The FDA warns that IVC filters may cause serious complications, such as heart or lung damage, internal bleeding, and even death. These dangerous blood clot devices can break and the metal fragments can travel to your heart or lungs causing serious injuries. If you or a loved 
loved one suffered organ damage or other injuries from an IVC filter, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. Act now. Time is limited to file a claim. For a free consultation and free information, call Injury Help Desk at 800-478-1507. 800-478-1507. 800-478-1507. This is an advertisement. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. InjuryHelpDesk.com is responsible for this advertisement. Principal Office, Las Vegas, Nevada. Hi, I'm 54 years of age, and at Christmas time last year, a resident I take care of at work accidentally rolled over my right foot with his motorized scooter. I was back into a corner, and he put it in reverse and did it again. The bones in my foot weren't actually broken, but damage was done. The remedy was to just let the foot heal on its own, and this was expected to take many weeks. As a caregiver, I do a lot of walking, and I was sort of okay when I was in motion. It's when I stopped to rest that I really felt the pain. The pain was there getting out of bed in the morning, too. So I got on the One World Way a few weeks back, and I just had to write this testimony. No more pain. Nothing. I can only attribute this to the One World Way since I haven't introduced anything else into my life. Which product is a true godsend. It gives me energy and did whatever magic this stuff does to heal my poor foot. I will take One World Way for life. Sincerely, Holly. Call 888-988-3325 or visit One World Way. That's one world, W-H-E-Y.com. Did you know a dirty CPAP system can make you sick? If you knew what could be growing in your mask and hose, you might not sleep so well. But now, SoClean.com has released the world's first and only automated CPAP cleaner and sanitizer. It kills 99.9% of all CPAP germs, and it's completely hands-free. For a limited time, you can try SoClean risk-free for 30 days. Just call 1-800-900-0684. SoClean changed the CPAP experience for the better. My health has improved. It's simple to use, and I'm not worried about infections. SoClean destroys CPAP bacteria, viruses, and germs with no hassle. Never have to clean your machine by hand again. There's no water, chemicals, or disassembly. Just pop in your mask, close the lid, and presto, your CPAP system is clean and fresh in minutes. Call SoClean.com to try it risk-free at home for 30 days. This is a limited-time offer, only available by calling one 800 900 0 That's 1-800-900-0684. Hello, this is John Burroughs, one of the witnesses to the Rendlesham UFO incident. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. We have Stanton Friedman joining Gene and Chris in the Paracast this week, and we started in on Roswell, kind of giving an update from Stan because of the skeptical comments that we heard from Kevin Randall last week. Stan, you want to continue your response from the last segment, or should we move on? Well, let me just just comment that anybody who's going to talk about what happened at Roswell in terms of recovery and so forth, and doesn't mention that it was the most elite military group in the world, and I've had people say, oh, Colonel Blanchard was a loose cannon. Sure, he got promoted to four-star general several steps along the way. and was vice chief of staff of the Air Force when he died of a massive heart attack. Now, you don't get those promotions and that job. And at one time, head of operations for a strategic air command where he had thousands of nuclear warheads under his command. This is years later now. We didn't have thousands of nuclear warheads at the time of Roswell. We had a few. But if you don't mention the relevant information, Blanchard 
was not only a West Pointer, but with that kind of background, his New York Times carried his obituary, uh, which doesn't happen for every general that goes along with a big one, too. So when you try to minimize the good side of the story, were these people competent? You're darn right they were. And you don't get four more promotions from Colonel uh, to four-star general uh, without approval from Congress on each one of them, incidentally. Long and short of it is, after all these years, is there any hope, absent some kind of disclosure from the government, of learning much more about Roswell? Unless somebody turns up and you said absent disclosure, well, maybe somebody kept a a report, a document that's sitting in somebody's drawer. (laughs) Some of the metal might be nice. Well, I was going to say, uh, I'd also like to uh, to see a piece of metal that I could have analyzed and stuff like that. But I don't expect that to happen, really. And there's something else going on here, too. The guys involved were World War II veterans. Security was taken very seriously. Loyalty, patriotism, all these things were not dirty words. It was not the Vietnam War that they were in. It was World War II. I I often point out that from an alien viewpoint, we're a primitive society whose major activity is tribal warfare, that in World War II, we nice guys managed to kill, there's a dispute, some people say 50 million of our own kind, others have said 60 million, but I'll be be conservative. Me? Yes. Only 50 million people. We destroyed 1,700 cities. There were bombing raids with 500 airplanes dropping bombs over places in Europe. And then after the war, this shocked some people, we exploded 2,000 nuclear warheads, 2,000 plus a few. And people look at me, what do you mean? We didn't explode. Yes, we did. Only two were on people, Hiroshima and Nagasaki. But there were a lot of other atom bombs exploded. So anybody coming here would say, holy cow, let's make sure these people don't take their brand of friendship out our way. Well, either that or they were already here, and we were putting them in harm's way because we were popping off uh, atomic weapons. Well, I think it would have been the job of the Galactic Federation <laughs> Security Command. How's that for a nice title? <laughs> Sounds like science fiction. Certainly, they would be wary of any place where there were nuclear weapons. And one of the things that's changed since I started the noise about Roswell back in 78, which seems forever ago. Yeah, and we can blame it on you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, One of the things that's changed drastically is our concept of how many solar systems there are, how many planets there are, what's the chance of there being anybody else out there? Frank Drake, a SETI guy, radio telescopes, etc., uh, at one point said there might be as many as 8,000 planets that could be in our galaxy that could be sending signals to us. Wow! Well, now, thanks to Kepler, the general consensus, and I checked with a couple of astronomers, something on the average of 1 to 1.6 planets per star. Planets per star. Holy cow, the galaxy has a couple hundred billion uh, stars. But even look at our local neighborhood. Within 100 light years of here, there are approximately 10,000 stars. That means 10,000 planets within a measly 100 years. 
and you get all kinds of people saying, well, the nearest civilization would have to be a thousand light years away or 800 light years away or 2,000 light years away. My goodness. Look at the star map work having to do with the Vidian Barney Hill case. There you've got two stars that are an eighth of a light year apart, 35 times closer than the sun is to the next star over. So our notion of how many beings, civilizations, bases, call them what you want, there are in the neighborhood, <laughs> how do you define neighborhood on these kinds of things, uh, has changed drastically thanks to the Kepler satellite. Nobody expected that they were going to find that many planets. And nobody's saying they all have life on them. You know, one out of 10, one out of 20, one out of 50. But let's allow for colonization and migration. I've asked audiences, kind of fun, at the end of my lecture, how many people had your ancestors back four generations living here, whatever town I happen to be in? And usually it's a very small number. Colonization, migration. You can't say what the future is by looking just at the past. Uh, how many people lived in Las Vegas 100 years ago, 120 years ago? Not many. <laughs> So things have changed. Our concept of how important we are, that's one of the biggest things that's changed. There's Pat Robertson saying that all the intelligent life in the galaxy is on planet Earth, and all this UFO stuff is the work of the devil. And the world was created in 4004 B.C. <laughs> and I wouldn't even say Pat's entitled to his opinion. I don't think he yeah. is if he doesn't know what he's talking about. Yeah, I, there's tour operators that go up to Grand Canyon that are uh, creationists, and I love to sit there and listen to them explain how the canyon was formed in just a couple of days, and it only happened, uh, you know, a few thousand years ago. I, I just, <laughs> it's very difficult for me to keep my mouth shut. But you did bring up the Betty and Barney Hill case, and of course, that's where we have our yeah. first real mention of Zeta Reticuli as being a, a possible uh, player in um in this whole UFO scenario with well, with it was Marjorie Fish's work years. I mean, the event took place in 1961. So. Right, right, and she looked at the star map. Well, Sandinista, who's one of our posters, who comes up with great questions for our guests, where he posts at the uh, the question bank at forum.theparacast.com, and he says that recent investigations of Zeta Reticuli indicate that the star is likely to be surrounded by a debris disk rather than a planetary system. Uh, he's wondering if you still believe that this is a prime candidate or a prime location for a possible nearby extraterrestrial civilization. Well, it's 39 light years away, so that's, you know, that, that's not the nearest possible one at all. Nobody's saying it is. Uh, I still have, uh, how shall I put this? I would put it on my list of probable places, and I, know, I knew I was the first to publish about Marjorie Fisher's work about the star map. And I was very impressed by the care with which she did her work, her objectivity. As a matter of fact, uh, you know, she'd been a school teacher, and through somebody I knew who knew somebody else, she wound up being a technician at Oak Ridge National Laboratory, and worked there for many years. It's a very bright lady, and not just because she was a member of Mensa, but objective, careful. Wow, I was very impressed. So, I. Uh, Interesting, exciting, useful, and indicative of, just look at the difference. Two stars, uh, 
35 times closer to each other than the sun is to the next star over. Wow. And it, the other star is visible all day from a planet around the other star. Let's get into more about that binary star system in our next segment with Stanton T. Friedman and Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. <laughs> Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and sling bows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. This is an alert. If your business or church is building this year, you're about to pay more than you should. This could mean thousands of dollars more for your office, retail space, church, or warehouse. A general steel building can save you as much as half the cost and time of similar conventional construction. And we're offering rebates of up to $20,000 to help you build today. Call General Steel for free information that could save you thousands. Call 866-91-STEEL. 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 A good stove is at the top of the list for any serious survivalist. That's why you have to see the full range at Emberlit.com. Simple, elegant, but extraordinarily efficient. Available in titanium or stainless steel, the Emberlit line of stoves are ultralight, pack flat, and work great. Fueled only by sticks and debris. From emergency situations to long-term survival, Emberlit stoves are up to the task. Emberlit, the most convenient, easy-to-carry wood stoves on the planet. See them all at Emberlit.com. I'm Nick Soboleski, a select quote agent with a true story that could save you hundreds of dollars a year. A woman named Linda just called. Her husband, Ray, has a $300,000 group life insurance policy, but is changing jobs and can't take it with him. Well, I impartially shopped the highly rated term life insurance companies we represent and found Ray, who is 41 and takes medication to control his cholesterol, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $26 a month. That's almost twice the coverage for less than half of what he had paid. If SelectQuote hasn't shopped for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 1-800-403-4885. That's 1-800-403-4885. 1-800-403-4885. Or go to SelectQuote.com. We shop. You save. 
Get full details on the example policy at slowquote.com slash commercials. Your price can vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors not available in all states. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. This is Marie D. Jones, the author of This Book is from the Future, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. We'll have more to say about this in our second radio show after the Paracast. Now, how do you hear that show? Well, it's not streamed online at iTunes. It's only available to subscribers of the Paracast Plus. To learn more about the Paracast Plus, and we also offer the ad-free version of this show with higher quality audio and more, go to plus.theparacast.com, plus.theparacast.com. Our guest this week is Stanton Friedman. Stan, you had any further response to that question before we go on? Oh, about the uh, the qualities of those two, uh, Zeta 1 and Zeta 2, whether there's a, uh, what did you call it, a debris disk? Uh, you, you called it... It was surrounded by debris, I guess. Yeah, and I, I, no, I don't have any further comment. And, you know, we, we tend to forget how much we have learned. For example, one of Marjorie's most difficult problems was getting accurate distance data on the stars, because the astronomers don't care. You need two angles to aim a telescope, and whether it's uh, 20 light years away or 30 light years away, it doesn't matter. You're not going anywhere. That's the astronomer's approach. Then the Hipparchos satellite was launched by the European Space Agency, and they made, I don't know, I've heard numbers like a million measurements of stellar distances. And so finally we've got accurate data on where the stars, how far the stars are which in the early days you could pick up three different star catalogs and get three different distances. You know, so it was awkward. And we've got more to learn, and I don't think there's many people studying it, to tell you the truth. I wish there were, because I've heard contradictory stories about Zeta Reticuli, for that matter. And, you know, what's truth and what's fiction? I don't know. Happy to admit that. Are you uh, familiar with the Breakthrough Starshot? Spectre 73, one of our listeners, uh, is wondering what you make of the recent announcement from uh, Stephen Hawking regarding Breakthrough Starshot. For many years, we've been informed that travel to the nearest stars would be almost impossible. And uh, he's wondering if you think that this could be the beginning of a change in attitude. Well, I I think there is a beginning of a change. But one of the problems is is that the astronomers seem to know nothing about Two, three areas of importance in this discussion. One is data about UFOs. Look for the references in their books, and there's darn few. The second is about interstellar travel. And these guys seem to think that all research gets done in academic surroundings and gets published in refereed scientific journals. And that's nonsense. Well, let me give you an example. A guy made a calculation... 1941, I think it was, Dr. Campbell, an astronomer who calculated the required initial launch weight of a rocket able to get a man 
to the moon and back. A million, million tons, he said. And it turns out the Apollo, you know, the Saturn vehicle, weighed uh, 3,000 tons. Made every possible stupid assumption. You know, single-stage rocket, limited acceleration, everything possibly wrong. So I worked on fission propulsion systems, and we tested one very successfully, operated at a power level of 1,100 megawatts. Now, Hoover Dam produces 2,000 megawatts, and is a huge monster if you've been out there. <laughs> the NRX A6 is less than seven feet in diameter, produced 1,100 megawatts, but Los Alamos operated the Phoebus 2B nuclear rocket reactor propulsion system at the nuclear test site outside Las Vegas, power level 4,400 megawatts. Exhaust temperature of the liquid hydrogen that went in very cold and came out very hot, over 4,000 degrees. Now, are the universities involved in this? No, of course. So astronomers have made all kinds of silly statements about feasibility, about interstellar travel. Now, one of the problems is people want half an Einstein. I have tried this sneaky again, but uh, sometimes I get on a campus and I'm going to do a colloquium in the afternoon, a physics colloquium, and I get warned by one of the students, Dr. Jones thinks you're full of baloney. So I make sure I talk about things that I know they don't know anything about, the electromagnetic submarine, the fission rockets, uh, stuff like that. And then I ask some straightforward questions. What's the numerical equivalent of 1G for acceleration? 9.8 meters per second squared. They all know that, except it doesn't mean anything to anybody. Now, in more useful terms, it's 21 miles per hour per second. So if you've got a car accelerating at 1G at the end of three seconds, it's going 63 miles an hour. That's a pretty hot car. Most cars take five, six, seven seconds to get. Then I ask, all casual, what's the speed of light? 300,000 kilometers per second. Okay. Now, the question is, do you have a better unit than that? Sure, 670 million miles an hour. But the real question is, how long does it take at 1G to get close to the speed of light? Multiple choice, gentlemen. 1,000 years, 100 years, 10 years, one year. You'd be surprised how many professors and students pick 1,000 years or 100 years or 10. A few get the right answer, which is just one year. And so they're understanding fusion propulsion. Now, every astronomer knows that all the stars produce their energy by nuclear fusion. There are many different fusion reactions, but involving hydrogen and helium two most lightest and most abundant substances in the universe, which is very convenient, frankly. Uh, you're not going to find much uranium out there, but plenty of hydrogen and helium. And so the kicker is it takes less than a year at 1G to get close to the speed of light. At 99.99% of the speed of light, time slows, that's the other half of the conundrum, time slows down for things moving that fast. And how much it slows down is dependent on how, how close to the speed of light you're moving. And incidentally, the particles of the Large Hadron Collider move at 99.9999% speed of light. But at just 99.99% of the speed of light, you can go 37 light years in six months pilot time. 
pilot time. You go out, go back, marry your granddaughter's best friend. Time slows down for things moving fast. And don't ask me why. That's the way God created the universe. How's that? <laughs> Pat Robertson would like that answer, wouldn't he? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh no. Hey, hey, UFOs, believers should be stoned. Uh, the firmament is for man. The heavens for are for are for uh, the Creator, uh, God. Of course, he I failed see. to mention that we uh, he bounces all his uh, seven hundred club signals off satellites. Oh, you're kidding! They don't do that. They wouldn't use such ungodly techniques, would they? <laughs> yeah, right. as a matter of fact, they would. No, what I have found over the years is that astronomers really don't know anything about advanced propulsion. Look, I worked on a study of fusion propulsion when I was at Aerojet General Nucleonics under John Luce, an outstanding expert on fusion. Back in 1962, it looked like if you wanted to spend the dough, you could go. How's that for a motto for a program? (laughs) Uh, You could go to the stars. Is it easy? No, but, you know, progress comes from doing things differently. It took Magellan his ship, three years to go around the planet. It takes the space station 95 minutes. But it is not a big sailboat. Progress comes from doing things differently. And most of that work gets done outside of uh, academia. Uh, You know, I'm not knocking all academics. I've got a couple degrees myself from the University of Chicago, which I'm proud of, I guess. But if you're going to talk about interstellar travel, let's do some homework. Uh, you know, let's not assume you're stuck with a 50-year-old technology. Well, I don't use a slide it, rule anymore as an example of that. <laughs> exactly. What is, is breakthrough starshot? This was a term that that Spectre 73 mentioned uh, and it had Stephen Hawking uh, attached to it. What is Breakthrough Starshot? Do you know? No, although I've, I've read some of uh, Hawking's stuff and also, what's his name, Milner, the Soviet billionaire. And they're talking about putting a small device out to a star, sending it to a star. I want to build a big one and go a lot faster. And there have been published studies by people working in the area, engineers and scientists, showing that interstellar travel is feasible. It's not cheap. And I'm not saying we should do it. God forbid, no. And anything that goes from our planet should represent all the countries on the planet. And the chance of that on a planet that's spending a trillion dollars this year on things military, not very likely. Hey, we got to do our break now, folks. We've got Gene and Chris with Stanton Friedman. You're in the Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. 
If you want to get your website online and you need reliable service, first-class service at the lowest possible price, there's only one place to go. Well, DreamHost has a special promotion with our show where they'll offer you unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, one-click web apps such as WordPress, 24-7 support. You can save over $55. You want to know how? Go to DreamHost.com radio. DreamHost.com radio. We use mobile devices right against our bodies every day. But growing scientific evidence has emerged showing serious health risks associated with exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The solution is Defender Shield, the most effective mobile radiation shielding ever developed. Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation from cell phones, tablets, and laptops and starts at just $64.99. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. For 10% off, use promo code GCN. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in mobile radiation shielding. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. On the Paracast with Gene and Chris, we have Stanton Friedman. Chris, we got more questions from listeners on subjects other than Roswell. Can you pose a couple of questions? Sure. Here's another one from Spectre73, and he wonders how we can explain the lack of modern close encounters with UFOs and their occupants. It does seem that over the last couple decades, we've seen uh, a dramatic uh, decrease in reports of landed craft and occupants. Well, I'd ask Ted Phillips. There are plenty of such cases. The problem has always been people involved don't want to talk about it. The fear of ridicule. Because most people have the mistaken impression that most people don't believe in flying saucers. If they say they do, they're going to get laughed out of town. That's if you just see one. If you see critters, wow, you're certainly going to get laughed at. So the, the problem is how hard are people looking for that data? You know, I shocked somebody the other day when I said, well, you know, MUFON gets between 600 and 1,000 reports a month. A month? Yeah, a month. But who hears about it? Do you see it on the front page of the New York Times? Not often. Uh, I can't remember when the last one time somebody published a clip from the front page. Of the right, Times. but the interview with Hillary Clinton. Well, okay. That did appear politics. on the Times. Yeah, yeah. We, we seem to be getting a bit more respectable, and I, I give some of the credit to the Kepler and that. You know, a hundred years ago, there were plenty of people saying, if there are any other planets out there, we would know about them. No other solar systems. We're it, man. Well, nobody's saying that anymore. F- Fermi's paradox. Well, yeah. I, I uh, the, One of the reasons I went to the University of Chicago was because Enrico Fermi was there. And I think people have grossly misrepresented. He was famous at Chicago for asking questions, basically forcing his students to think. 
you know, the sky is blue and what does that mean kind of thing? Uh, what does that tell us? And there are all kinds of answers to that question. But he never said, ain't nobody coming here. He said, where is everybody? They had been discussing at lunch at Los Alamos, some great scientists, about it shouldn't take more than 10 million years to colonize the entire galaxy without any concept of how many places are there that you have to do that with. But So as they were leaving, Fermi said, so where is everybody? He didn't say there wasn't anybody. And people have misrepresented that, that's what he supposedly said. It is a paradox if there are many people, traipsing or beings, pardon me, I shouldn't have said people, if there are many beings traipsing around out there, so where are they? Well, that presupposes that there's nobody coming here, but I'd say there's very good evidence. Well, again, look at Ted Phillips' 5,000 physical trace cases. One-sixth of those involve reports of beings associated with craft near the ground. He's actually up near seven now. Is that, I've been meaning to call Ted and see what the latest number is. Yeah, it's up closer still to seven. One-sixth involve reports of beings, or I don't know what the latest number is. But that, that comes as a shock to people. What do you mean? There are all these places from all over the world where people see craft near the ground, and at least in a while back, it was one-sixth involve reports of beings associated with the craft. Yeah, we should get uh, Albert Rosales back on the show and get an update on, on occupant cases. Well, yeah, because they're important. And the question, remember, you've got to ask the right question. The question isn't, are all UFOs alien spacecraft? The question is, are any? Are there any abduction stories that are true? Yes. Are all abduction stories true? Probably not, because we know people make up stories about almost anything you can think of. Lying it seems to be one of those activities that's uh, fairly widely engaged in. <laughs> well, there's a story here without mentioning that name, that out of a 12,000-word speech, a certain political figure lied every 169 or 179 words. <laughs> hey, that's great. I wonder who... That's who, actually who, pretty good. That's a good uh, ratio uh, for most politicians. <laughs> I am not mentioning the politician... Or the fact that, no, I don't want to do that. No, good, because I don't know who it was either. You know who it was, yes. (laughs) Well, I mean, I would recognize the name if you told me. I don't mean that. Um, And sometimes in the same sentence. I'm not surprised. Well, isn't that their job? Aren't they supposed to entertain us with (laughs) lies? (laughs) You know, what's your job? Well, I'm supposed to make up stories to get people's interest and excitement. Yeah. What do you mean well, make up? Well, you don't think we're going to tell true stories, do you? <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> well, I hate to tell you, but Greer's meeting planner has another question for you. Okay. <laughs> that meeting planner must be pretty big. Well, he's only uh, asked six questions in uh, almost a year of, of being on the uh, forums. And so, Stanton, you're, uh, you're getting uh, the, the bulk I'm of it. I'm privileged. <laughs> You bring them out of the woodworks, then. What do you make of some of the major UFO waves that seem to be just a step ahead of the equivalent human technology at the time? And he, he gives the examples of the airships uh, waves in, in the late 1800s, the yeah. ghost rockets just after World War II, the flying small triangles in the 80s, and now we have giant flying triangles that seem to be uh, – they're being reported, I think, with a little bit more frequency. Do you think that there's some sort of uh, correlation between 
the appearance of the technology and the actual technology itself, or do you think this is all coincidental? Uh, where do you come down? Uh, I'm someplace in the middle there. It's kind of like there's a picture of me in my book, Flying Saucers and Science, with my hand on the Apollo 12 command module. And it's there because I want to make the point that when I was growing up, a high-speed craft in the atmosphere had to be pointy nose, sharp wings, highly streamlined. And here we got this round, blunt body that looks like a darn flying saucer, more than it does like a high-speed craft, and yet it comes in at 25,000 miles an hour. I found out, incidentally, that Wright Pat did some wind tunnel tests on round things back in the late 40s, would you believe? So we don't know. I think that there may be a correlation because people are just like, who is it, uh, Daedalus and Icarus, uh, you know, want, want to make something that flies because birds fly uh, and flap the wings, you know. Uh, I think there is a lot of truth that comes out of observing nature. Uh, not everything that you come up with and trying to explain it may be right, probably not. But, I, you know, I mentioned nuclear fusion. Well, if I'd said that back in the 30s, you said, what the hell are you talking about, man? That's, that's nonsense. It's a mass of stars, a mass of burning gas. What else could it be? You know, my wife well, says that to me all the time. What the hell are you talking about? Well, it, it, it's a natural reaction from people who don't know what you are talking about and don't know enough to evaluate it. Uh and there are so many things that are quite remarkable. Now, I mentioned I don't use a slide rule anymore, but a pocket calculator, you know, but under $5. What if you'd had one of those 50 years ago? It would be remarkable, impossible. You would have but, started Texas Instruments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so. But people, you know, tend to forget. There's a lot of companies that got started to do calculations. It went broke. Uh, not everybody succeeds at these things. The willingness to take risks is one of the characteristics of advanced technology groups. Not all of them work. Uh, you know, it's, sorry, that's the way it is. Uh, we've got plenty to learn. And that's one of the places where I differ with some of these objectors. And the ancient academics and fossilized physicists who will tell you this is impossible, that's impossible. In my book, Kathleen Martin and I wrote a book, Science Was Wrong, 14 chapters. We each did seven. Each one stimulated by some smart guy saying something stupid, like the big astronomer in the United States, Simon Newcomb, saying that if there was one thing he was sure of, man would never fly any distance in a vehicle. This is two months before the Wright Brothers' first flight. Well, we should always look at the statements just made a month or two before something is invented. Maybe there's something to be hinted at there. we got a lot more to come with Gene okay. and Chris and Stanton Friedman. You're in the Paracast.
First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. If you want to get your website online and you need reliable service, first-class service at the lowest possible price, there's only one place to go. Well, DreamHost has a special promotion with our show where they'll offer you unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, one-click web apps such as WordPress, 24-7 support. You can save over $55. You want to know how? Go to DreamHost.com slash radio, DreamHost.com slash radio. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you. People seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com. And use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. This is an alert. If your business or church is building this year, you're about to pay more than you should. This could mean thousands of dollars more for your office, retail space, church, or warehouse. A general steel building can save you as much as half the cost and time of similar conventional construction. And we're offering rebates of up to $20,000 to help you build today. Call General Steel for free information that could save you thousands. Call 866-91-STEEL. 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 I'm Nick Soboleski, a select quote agent with a true story that could save you hundreds of dollars a year. A woman named Linda just called. Her husband, Ray, has a $300,000 group life insurance policy, but is changing jobs and can't take it with him. Well, I impartially shot the highly rated term life insurance companies we represent and found Ray, who is 41 and takes medication to control his cholesterol, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $26 a month. That's almost twice the coverage for less than half of what he had paid. If SelectQuote hasn't shopped for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 1-800-403-4885. That's 1-800-403-4885. 1-800-403-4885. Or go to SelectQuote.com. We shop. You save. Get full details in the example policy at slowquote.com slash commercials. Your price can vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors not available in all states. 
so you've got to take a state construction license exam or certification. Can't decide on what books or what chapters to study? Discover right now how you can eliminate unnecessary books and wasted study time. At ContractorExam.com, our study materials zero in on state-required test topics in an effective, multiple-choice format. So whether you're a plumber, electrician, general contractor, or other construction-related trade, ContractorExam.com will help get you prepared. Visit us at www.ContractorExam.com today. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Now, Chris, you were going to ask earlier before we got involved in Roswell and other subjects, a question with regard to a certain interview with a certain person in the London Daily Mail. You want to bring that up now? Uh, yeah. Um, as we kind of touched on briefly before, uh, Hillary Clinton and John Podesta have kind of been in the news uh, of late, yeah. talk, you know, being asked questions about disclosure. And uh, Stephen Bassett uh, has really kind of taken this uh, to heart. And he told the Daily Mail, it's in the paper today, I'm reading off the msn.com site, that, uh, and this is a quote, this will be a reality disclosure this year and across the front pages of newspapers across the world, he told the Daily Express, adding that ET is real. It'll be the most significant news story that's ever been broken. We are going to get disclosure this year. I'm not sure who will win the election, but I think Obama will be the disclosure president. He'll be looking at a Nobel Prize for making this announcement. I am 85% sure. Obama will make the announcement before he leaves office and within days of Who's your prime that? minister, David Cameron, will follow up and, and do the same thing. What, what do you think? Who's the guy who said this? Bassett. Oh, I thought you were talking about a high reliability individual. No. Sorry. <laughs> uh, Ooh. I, I, I'm sorry, but I, I've had dealings with Steve and I admire his persistence. Enthusiasm. Enthusiasm, that's a nice way to put it. Yes, a very polite way to put it. But I have no reason, I haven't seen any evidence that any of those things are going to happen. Now, I've heard, Linda Howe told me that she had heard that this was going to be the year of disclosure. But they've been saying that year after year. Donald Kehoe was saying that in 1956. What can I say? Is the world ready for trying to act like an earthling? I don't think so. And remember that one of the biggest things that happens is if you disclose is that people in power will lose some of those power, some of that power, you know, heads of countries and stuff like that. If nationalism is the only game in town, which it seems to be national armies, navies, etc., then nobody in those illustrious circles wants people to forget about nationalism and start thinking about planetarianism, if I can put it that way. They've got a lot to lose. And, you know, I've often asked, what happens if the Queen and the Pope, there's an odd couple for you, announce that uh, we have it on good authority that planet Earth is being visited by intelligently controlled extraterrestrial spacecraft, there are beings on board, and we're pleased to announce that there will be six uh, international conferences considering the oh, religious, the technological, the other aspects of this. And what will happen? 
Well, the stock market's going to go down because uncertainty is the enemy. Mental hospital admissions would go up, I suppose. Well, and fundamentalist suicides would like go through the roof. You're right. You're right. And so none of those things are automatically good things. We don't know how to make a transition from the kind of world in which we have been living to the great detriment of mankind. <laughs> you know, when I say 50 million people were killed in World War II, I mean it. Some say 60, but I'll be conservative. Is this a sign of an advanced technology? I have trouble with that, if you want an honest opinion. Yeah, we're just petulant children in the cosmos. And we have diaper ships that are hovering around the planet waiting to, <laughs> uh, waiting to apply the uh, appropriate technology to our primitive tribal asses. Well, we certainly do behave in primitive ways. Except up in Canada, where they're sensible people. Well, I tend to think that as somebody who's... Look, I'm a dual citizen. I can complain about both governments perfectly legally in the United States. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that must be fun. That's going to keep you working all day long. Forget about the rest of the stuff. Right, and strip searched <laughs> at the airport. <laughs> well, you know, uh, all I'm saying is it doesn't take much looking around spending a trillion dollars on things military in a year. How many kids died of starvation yesterday? I know. It's, it's just... It's and the day before. And the day before that. Ludicrous. <laughs> but yeah. remember, government is the problem. We have to have less of it, so fewer children will be helped. Oh, that's an interesting conundrum. <laughs> no, I, I think there are big considerations here. And, you know, I haven't talked to Barry... Uh, Downing in a long time, but he wrote his excellent book about flying saucers in the Bible, and one of Barry's complaints was he couldn't get other theologians to talk to him about it. Uh, how do you have a decent discussion about that? And some people don't want to. I just have to see here that E.T. lands, and they communicate with us, and they're asked about religion, and they say, what's that? <laughs> You've been worshiping one of our guys for a long time. Yeah. Wouldn't that be an answer that would surprise people? <laughs> or they could say, oh, you mean when we showed up a couple of thousand years ago and seated you people? <laughs> yeah, there are all kinds of good answers for that question. But I am concerned, what kind of a world is my great-grandson going to grow up in? Oh. That's well, we a very legitimate each concern. Other. You know, it's a sad commentary indeed. And when I all these stories, you've had probably had Bob Salas on the air, haven't you? Yes. Okay. So when you see things like that happen, you say, "Is it out of self-interest? Why do the aliens do that? Are they sending us a message?" And I think they are sending us a message. Now, speaking of whether they're sending us a message or not, what are your feelings about the statements by some that the major part of the UFO mystery is long ago and far away, and the vast majority of recent sightings are easily explained away, and that maybe E.T. doesn't care about us anymore? Well, I, I think that that's a gross exaggeration. Look, you know, you can go back many years, many decades, where people say, well, look, 
Phil Class, all sightings have prosaic explanations. Donald Menzel said that. At least I can give Menzel credit for doing something for his country. Uh, some people may be shocked when I say that, but I am very was very impressed when I found out that he did all kinds of classified work for government agencies, and nobody knew about it. I was totally shocked when I was looking at a letter he wrote to Jack Kennedy in the Harvard archives, saying that uh, there's one area where I may be able to be of assistance to you with regard to the, they knew each other, I should say that, with regard to the national security uh, agency. So he wasn't just trolling to get a little extra work because being an astronomer at Harvard may not be the highest paying job in the world, even though it's Harvard, even though it has plenty of prestige. Hmm. He did lots of consulting work for other outfits, uh, a great deal. As a matter of fact, he said in one letter that more of his retirement income came from uh, outside of Harvard than from Harvard. (laughs) We'll get into more of these things with Stanton Friedman and Gene and Chris, you're in The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. I'm Jesse Gonzalez, Vice President of Kmart. Did you know that premature birth is the number one killer of babies in the United States? Or that survivors can face a lifetime of serious health problems? But you can help. Join me in Kmart for the March for Babies Walk. We'll work together to raise funds for research and programs that help the marginalized fight premature birth and birth defects and improve the health of moms and babies. Start your team today at MarchForBabies.org. Worried about lead, fluoride, and other contaminants in your drinking water? Get a ProPure with the Pro1G 2.0 cleanable reusable filter and remove up to 200 contaminants. Drink water the way nature meant it to be. Clean, crisp, and refreshing. See the complete line of ProPure products, including the new ProMax shower filter. There's a ProPure for you. Visit your authorized ProPure dealer for details or ProPureUSA.com. That's P-R-O-P-U-R-U-S-A.com. Today, how to incorporate your business in just 10 minutes so you won't lose everything if you get sued. Step one, stop putting it off. If you're not incorporated and someone sues your business tomorrow, it's not just your business at risk. You can lose everything, your home, your car, even your life savings. Step two, call the following number for a free 10-minute incorporation guide from Incorporate.com. 1-800-941-5257. They don't provide legal or financial advice. They just make incorporating quick and easy. So you can incorporate or form an LLC in just 10 minutes. That number again is 1-800-941-5257. Step three, congratulate yourself. By taking just 10 minutes to incorporate your business or form an LLC, you protected your home, your car, and your life savings. And that is how you incorporate your business in just 10 minutes. But hurry while they're still giving away these 10-minute incorporation guides for free. Call 1-800-941-5257. That's 1-800-941-5257. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. 
To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-704-6182. A Place for Mom offers free one-on-one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. Call A Place for Mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-704-6182. That's 1-800-704-6182. Do you have dry hands or itchy, peeling skin? Are your cracked feet in need of a makeover for sandal season? Hi, my name is Diane Cook, the creator of B-Spa Hand and Foot Cream. B-Spa is all-natural, 16% beeswax, marigold extract, and other essential oils and nutrients. B-Spa is great for exceptionally dry hands and feet, but B-Spa can be used anywhere on the body. I am sure you will see a difference overnight. B-Spa is the only cream you will ever need. The convenient 2.5-ounce size jar travels nicely and a little goes a long way. B-Spa Hand and Foot Cream costs $29.99. Use promotion code 101 for free shipping. Order B-Spa Hand and Foot Cream today at bspa.com. That's B-E-E-S-P-A dot com. That's B-E-E-S-P-A dot com. This is Micah Hanks of the Gray Alien Report, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Speaking about UFO activity and how it's changed over the years, do we have the same kind of sightings now that we had before? Or is it our perception, or do we know more about what's happening out there so we can get rid of the stuff that really has a conventional explanation? What do you think? I think we do know a bit more. And there are more people who know more, maybe ex-military guys, stuff like that. And I think also we're getting more more people have instrumentation, I think. Uh, maybe I'm wrong, but I, I think, you know, all those, I was going to say night binoculars, that's the wrong term, but... Uh, infrared binoculars, stuff like that. Look at what's going on up there. Did you ever look through one of those? Holy cow. All kinds of stuff floating around up there or zipping around up there. I, I don't think the sightings have changed that much. Like I said, MUFON gets more than 500 sighting reports a month. I know from asking at the end of my lecture that 90% of the people who have a sighting don't report it. So there's a lot going on. But who pays attention? You know, that's the question. And it maybe we're seeing that in the fact that Hillary hasn't been laughed out of, out of town for suggesting that there may be information that the government hasn't released. That's a mighty big statement, isn't it? At least I think it is. Well, Bassett sure thinks so. <laughs> well, that's for sure. We live in interesting times, as somebody said, but... When when you have billionaires talking about sending little spacecraft out to another star, but ignoring all the information we have that somebody out there is sending stuff here, that's almost funny. You know, one thing I worry about in terms of press coverage is the fact that there are no follow-ups 
and they don't do their research. So we have the Daily Mail, which, of course, is not necessarily the most reliable newspaper on the planet. And no. they're talking to Stephen Bassett. And no one says, hey, wait a minute. Have you you've been saying this for 20 years? You're saying it's imminent and it never comes to pass. So why should we believe you now? No. Nobody says that, do they? The they media. never ask him that question. Of course, we would. Well, that's not sensational. That that kind of deflates the, the sensational balloon. I mean, I had Stephen Greer in November 94. Guarantee disclosure in 90 days. He guaranteed it. Really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> have, have it on tape. Wow. Yep. Well, when you talked about Greer was your guy who asked questions, I thought for a minute. Uh, no, Greer's were... meeting planner. Okay. Not the same one, I assure you, that yeah. Greer is not posting messages on the Paracast. I can tell you, he probably doesn't even read our forums, because if he did, he would not be very happy. No. No, you're right about that. You're right about that, I think. Look, ufology is an interesting field. How many PhD theses are being done this year related to UFOs? I don't know, but I doubt if it's a very large number. There have been dozens over the years. Uh, one of the most interesting was the one on press coverage of UFOs by Dr. Herbert Strentz. He was at Medill School of, or Medill, I don't know which, School of Journalism at Northwestern. He, can you believe somebody would, would be willing to read 10,000 clippings about flying saucers? My goodness. Oh, my eyes are swimming just thinking about it. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it's and how many are reliable and all the rest. But he he condemned the press for their poor job and not talking to the right people, not making an effort to get the right information, all that sort of stuff. So, uh, you know, uh, but that's only one. You know, if you're the right person, like Stephen Hawking, you can get a lot of publicity. But remember, Stephen Hawking was the one who also said that you know, we shouldn't let aliens know we're here because the impact of the of Columbus and so forth the, wasn't good for the population in the New World. Yeah, it makes sense. Well, except that the aliens know we're here because they're here. Uh, that totally ignores the consistent picture in the astronomical and uh, fancy physics field is to ignore the evidence. Uh, look at uh, Dr. Tyson uh, saying that the proof that the government can't keep secrets is how much we know about President Clinton's genitalia. Neil deGrasse Tyson, head of the Hayden Planetarium, finisher of Redoer of Cosmos, the uh, television special. Uh, what an utterly ridiculous thing to say. Does he know anything about flying saucers? Not so far as I can tell. Does he know anything about government security? Not so far as I can tell. And, you know, I, I want to bring up a point that uh, some people said, some people in ufology have said, look, Stan, there is nothing being covered up. There are no secrets out there. And I keep asking, okay, can you tell me what's on those 156 pages of NSA UFO data? where you can read one sentence per page, everything else is whited out. That's being withheld. I've got some top-secret Umbra stuff. That's, that's what that is. And from the CIA, it's all blacked out. 
and you're telling me there's nothing being withheld? And How where's all that NRA stuff? stuff? Or NRO, I should say. Well, there's NRO and NSA. And look, the Washington Post a little over three years ago said that the total military intelligence budget that year was $52.6 billion, primarily NRO, NSA, CIA. $52 billion in one year is a lot of dough, man. At least I think it is. I mean, maybe you guys have lots of money. <laughs> doesn't seem That's like a lot that. of paper getting pushed. You're right about that. And again, I go back to General Bolander. Uh, and I think the answer to the question, where does all that stuff go if reports which could affect national security are not part of the Blue Book system? I'd say Majestic 12. I can hear 27 people saying, what do you mean there's no Majestic 12? Well, I would certainly agree that there are a whole bunch of phony MJ-12 documents. So what? I think there are four good ones. Well, let me ask you a question here. We've got all those MJ-12 documents that are false. Is that yeah. to hide the existence of the four you say are genuine or what? Why I the concentration so. on this? Well, I think that you can't stand up and say, we can't tell you what's really going on. But if you fill the, flood the market with crap, some of it's going to stick to the good stuff. And you don't need to say anything. So I, I once asked somebody uh, who would worked for the CIA, uh, surely the Air Force and AFOSI, Air Force Office of Special Investigations, must have classes in which students get asked to create phony documents. Look, a real breakthrough came through for me when I was trying to figure out whether General Wiedemeyer could possibly have anything to do with UFOs. He was a China expert. So I talked to an archivist at the Marshall Archives. Marshall was close to Wiedemeyer. And I said, can you see any reason why you would be involved in this? No, I can't. Why don't you read his book? Well, I hate to admit it, I didn't know he'd written a book. Wiedemeyer Reports in the late 50s. So I called the University of New Brunswick Library, which is less than two miles from my house. Do you have this book? They did. I went over and got it. You know, it's five minutes away. Uh, and then I started going through it, and I very quickly found three documents which had been emulated. You know, you make a few changes. You leave the handwritten stuff. Okay, you Xerox that. And you retype and you come up with a phony document. I found three of them in this one book. And then I went back to the same part of the library <laughs> and I found a few more in other books. So it was perfectly clear what was being done. It wasn't, uh, you know, you didn't need an IQ of 200 to do that. Uh, so somebody got rid of MJ-12 the easy way, put out garbage. Before we get into more of that, not garbage, but good stuff. <laughs> we got good stuff coming with Stanton Friedman and Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today.
Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. This is Dan Pillard. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. Are you tired of commuting to a job that makes someone else rich, working harder than ever, but getting nowhere? Do you hate spending hundreds of dollars every week on daycare, having someone else raise your children? With our opportunities, you can start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss, work from home, and live a happier life. At Be The Boss Network, you'll find hundreds of work-from-home opportunities that you can literally start today and be earning money as soon as next week. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss. Get out of the rat race. Work from home. Go to freedom106.com right now and change your life today. That's freedom, the number 106.com. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You be the boss. Go to freedom106.com. A good stove is at the top of the list for any serious survivalist. That's why you have to see the full range at Emberlit.com. Simple, elegant, but extraordinarily efficient. Available in titanium or stainless steel, the Emberlit line of stoves are ultralight, pack flat, and work great. Fueled only by sticks and debris. From emergency situations to long-term survival, Emberlit stoves are up to the task. Emberlit, the most convenient, easy-to-carry wood stoves on the planet. See them all at Emberlit.com. 
Hi, this is Ted Phillips listening to the Paracast, and it's as good as it gets, believe me. Okay, this is our final segment with Stanton T. Friedman and a lot of ground to cover still. All right, putting all this stuff together. You're not as young as you used to be, and I know you still sound like you're as young as you used to be. How did you figure that out? (laughs) Well, you know, I am not as young as I used to be, and I'm kind of guessing about what's going on. However, after all these years, all this stuff we have out there, when are we going to move to that final level? Assuming that Obama is not going to engage in disclosure this year before he leaves the White House. Assuming President Hillary, if she is elected, won't do it either. When's it going to happen? Well, I think the only time it's going to happen is when some media group decides to get a Woodward and Bernstein kind of effort going. Look, if you show those whited out documents and the blacked out documents, bring out the Bolander memo and all this sort of stuff, it's inescapable. That's why I call it a cosmic Watergate. The press had courage then. It doesn't seem to have that courage now. Of course, it's got financial problems too, which is another problem with the internet and all those other things that are in competition with it. But I don't know when anything's going to happen. But I think it could be done for less than it took to blow the lid off Watergate. But is anybody willing to spend that? Not that I know of. Get that Russian billionaire to make the effort to blow the lid off. Look, has anybody offered payment? I mean, ask for former military people to submit their report. Ask the government to say, are you willing to say, since you're claiming there's no cover-up, no data that we haven't seen, are you willing to say nobody will be punished for releasing what you say doesn't exist? I don't know how many uh, people are willing to say that. There's data out there. People come to my lectures are shocked when uh, I gave a talk to the uh, Journalists Association of Canada. That's not the right name, name, something like that. I was asked if I would speak to them, and they had a meeting 60 miles from here, and I said, sure. So I did that, and the guy who would ask me told me later, he said, Stan, I've never seen so many reporters change their minds so quickly. They had no idea how much data is out there. And so it's not that hard, but you've got to be in the right place to put the stuff out there, and you've got to change the attitude. If everybody thinks you've got to laugh, then we're still in trouble. Let's put the facts out on the table. Well, certainly with so many hundreds of UFO books and thousands and thousands of articles, all the lectures you've given over the years, the information's on the table there. Yeah, but nobody in charge of the Washington Post, for example, is, is looking at it. Or the New York Times. Look, how could the New York Times even push the notion that it was crash test dummies that were responsible for the stories about bodies at Roswell when none were dropped until six years after Roswell, for goodness sakes. People's memories are found. They were time-traveling crash test dummies. Ah, okay. That's easier to accept, isn't it? (laughs) What can I say? No, there's, there's a lot of ludicrousness about the whole business, frankly. Yeah, just go look at the nearest uh, gallery of UFO photos on the Internet. <laughs> oh, boy. No, I haven't bothered to do that. Don't, don't. Uh, you'll become very depressed. 
Sorry about that. Okay, I won't do that. I don't like being depressed. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty grim. Well, yeah. Look, uh, I haven't given out my website, really, and uh, I'd like to do that for people to say, who is this guy? How can I find out more so I can give him a hard time? www.stantonfriedman.com. Uh, list my books, list my DVDs, and people say, well, why should they get it from you? Can't they get it from Amazon? I got asked this question the other day. I said, there's one thing you won't get from Amazon. That's my autograph on the book. Oh, well, maybe that is a reason to get it from you instead of Amazon. <laughs> you know? But if you look at the website, they'll also see the lectures I'm giving in the next month or so. I'm going to be busy despite my advanced age. Uh, you know, contact in the desert. There'll be thousands of people there. And, you know, there's an interesting number. Are people interested in UFOs? Well, Roswell last year at the annual festival had almost 10,000 people attend. More interesting, last year at the museum in Roswell, the UFO, International UFO Museum and Research Center, 184,000 people went there. And when you figure Roswell isn't on the way to anywhere, I mean, it's 200 miles from Amarillo, 200 miles from Albuquerque, 200 miles from El Paso. But people come there, and they come there with their families. Uh, people say, why do they have costume contests? We've got to have something for the kids, don't you? You know, you expect them to listen to all the lectures or panelists like me and stuff like that. But 184,000 is coming to a city of 50,000. Uh, well, it certainly brings in the tourist dollars, I'll tell you that. Tourist dollars. Oh, yes. Yes. I would say the truest. And I was trying to think, what's a true dollar? <laughs> There's no That's such thing as a terrible. true dollar. <laughs> well, what, um, that, that is an indication of the interest. And look, I, at all the colleges I've spoken at, many of them I've been told, you had the biggest lecture crowd we've ever had for a speaker. My own son was surprised when a junior college in California. Why are they holding it in the big auditorium? Dad, I, I hate to disappoint you, but... You're not going to have many people there, I don't think. We had 1,200, and I was delighted. Much more than anybody expected, I will grant. Because people are interested, but they're afraid to admit the interest unless the circumstances are right. Since you raised the question, what does your son think about this UFO stuff? Well, I hate to say it, but I've lost both my sons. My younger one was certainly interested. He's sat at my table and helped me sell books and stuff like that. He was intrigued. And so, what can I say? People have responded very well. My parents were a little worried when they came to a lecture. What were people going to say? Uh, but then they took pride when they saw that the response was good. <laughs> they admitted I was their son. <laughs> Where is the next generation of UFO researchers coming from? We have about a minute for your answer. About probably from the Internet. I like to use John Greenwald as an excellent example of an outstanding guy, and probably people who are going to look into the computer and the, the much different approach than in the past. And some people who will have guts enough. We're getting away from the fact that the notion of aliens... Is something to be laughed at. It's something to be savored, I think, is more like it. So I don't worry. I think there will be another generation of ufologists. 
I still got nine years to go. Both my parents live to be 90, and I'm 81. So I'm not shuffling off this coil yet, guys. Maybe next year. Please don't say that. Stanton Friedman, please tell our listeners where they can find more of the stuff you do. www.stantonfriedman.com. It lists the lectures I give. It lists the books, the DVDs. Uh, other stuff like Blue Book Special Report 14. That's not a book, but it's not a DVD, but it's the biggest study ever done. And I don't know where else you can get it besides from me, because I think it's important. So have at it, folks. There's plenty of data there. You can find us on Twitter if you look for The Powercast. Take a gander at The Powercast on Twitter. We also have two presences on Facebook. Not presence. Presences. Two Paracast fan clubs, don't ask me how that works out. You know, <laughs> Facebook is inscrutable. But they make a lot of money, so I guess it doesn't matter. Except for WhatsApp. They spent $19 billion in that thing, and it doesn't produce money that I could see. We also have a second radio show we'd like you to hear. It's called After the Paracast. And there's only one way to get that show. And that's to subscribe to the Paracast Plus at P-L-U-S Plus plus.theparacast.com once again plus.theparacast.com what we offer is the after the paracast podcast every week consisting of color commentary after the show commentary special guests continuations of interviews from time to time we offer you the ad free version of this show no need to skip the ads because they won't be there if you subscribe to the paracast plus show transcripts video more stuff coming classic episodes plus.theparacast.com plus.theparacast.com Stanton Friedman thank you for joining us on the Paracast you're very welcome have a good one the Paracast Featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast. <laughs>